Hey there, this is John Swan, and I'm your host today for this special bonus edition of The Hive Jive. This bonus episode is brought to you by Wicked B. Howdy, 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 Ken. <laughs> How is everybody out there? I had to get my notes. You had to get your notes. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go over here. We've got a couple of listener things that have okay. come in uh, over the past couple of weeks. And so let's do real quick. We had a couple come in. This first one is from Scott. And Scott listens to us via iHeartRadio. And he is actually in Pennsylvania. And Scott had a question. Scott says, I started with one Langstroth hive last year. And I now have three hives after splitting the first hive. And I also got a package this spring. I've been told to freeze brood frames if they are all full of drone cells to help reduce the varroa population. After doing this, though, should I remove all the dead larvae before returning it to the hive? I don't want to completely strip the drawn comb because that was a lot of effort and resources for the the bees to build. Won't it also, though, be a lot of work for the bees to turn around and clean it out if I don't do it for them? I want to build a supply of drawn comb to have on hand, but the bees seem to always be using it. If I take some and I freeze it, it will still have the capped brood that is now dead. So, how can I get empty drawn comb that I don't need to keep in a freezer? I really enjoy your guys' podcast. Thank you very much for doing it. So, do you have any ideas on that? There was a lot of different little pieces in there, but the... So, there's, there's a couple things. There is a plastic green frame... That is, it's a drone frame, and okay. all of the cell structure on it is made to be bigger cells for drones. Mm-hmm. And you can put that in there, and it's part of the IPM, which is the Integrated Pest Management. Mm-hmm. You can put that in your colony. The bees may or may not draw it out. You have to have a really strong colony to encourage them to truly draw out something they don't want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, to draw out that stuff, and then if the queen lays in it, she's going to lay all drones in there because it's a drone cell. And once they're capped... A lot of the Varroa will prefer the drone because the drone takes longer to develop. So they can get one extra life cycle out of it. So you can take that frame out while it's capped, put it in the freezer, leave it for 48 hours. It kills the drones. It kills the the actual mites. And then you can put that back into the colony. So the only precaution with that is take it out of the freezer, let it come back to room temperature, and then put it in the colony. And if your colony is strong, they will uncap all those cells and they will pull the drones out and they will actually throw them out of the hive. In some cases, if they need protein, they will actually ingest the soft bits of the drone and they will recycle that protein. And so it actually does a little bit better. They don't waste as much resources as you would think, and they don't have a problem cleaning it out whatsoever. So that is one thing that you can do. The other aspect of that question is, well, how do I get comb that I can then use? That mostly comes from when you do your honey harvest. So in year one, you're not going to have spare comb. In year two, you might. So that first box in a Langstroth, that's the bee's home. That's mm-hmm. their brood don't chamber. Don't ever touch that. They, exactly right. You, you can rotate combs out of it, but you don't harvest from it. In year two, you've got a medium on there. They fill that out. That's their pantry. Then you put another medium on. They fill that out. That's your honey super. When you take that and you do the extraction, you uncap it and you put it into the centrifuge and spin it, then you end up with empty comb. You take that comb and you put it back in the box and you put it back on the hive just for the remainder of the day. They will go up in there. They will clean out all that wet honey that might be left behind Mm -hmm. in the residue. Mm -hmm. Then you take that box back off and you can go store it. Now, if you live somewhere where there is potential for wax moths, you do want to freeze that comb. Even if you're freezing it just two or three frames at a time, depending on your space, 
put it in there, freeze it for 24 to 48 hours. That'll kill any potential larvae or eggs from the wax moth and the hive beetle. Then you can take it, seal it up, and store it. And then next season, now you have comb that's already drawn out. They can You can put it on the hive, and they'll immediately just fill it up, and you'll be good to go. So that's kind of how you get your spare comb. And the bigger your colony gets, the more colonies you get, the more of that you end up having. And then you have the reverse problem. Instead of, I need comb, it's, what am I going to do with all this comb? <laughs> then you're going to melt it down. And don't use your wife's pans, guys. No, no. Go find you some old <laughs> scrap pans from somewhere. I, uh, you know, the, I used to think of them as camping equipment. Mm -hmm. um, they are, I'm not going to be able to think of granite them. Granite wear. Yeah, exactly. The big granite wear. The dark wear. pots mm -hmm. with the speckles on them. Yeah. I get a couple of those big ones, and, and they'll sell them nowadays mm -hmm. more as like a tamale pot, so you can do mm -hmm. the steaming and stuff. But I use those. And I've got two of them. One of them is that I put all the scraps of the comb in, and then I melt it down in that one. And then I put a filter and a sieve over the top of the other one and pour it into that to help strain off all the big pieces. But, yeah, don't don't use your mom's. No. Don't use your wife's. You cannot get that stuff off. No, and they will not be very happy with you whatsoever. No, again, don't use it. Don't do anything in the kitchen either. <laughs> <laughs> make a mess what the hell have you been doing it here yeah yeah so let's do one more question here okay. for today so this one is from randy and randy is in suffolk virginia and randy says i've got a question for your podcast i have been informed that bees cannot see the color red so three parts to this one how exactly did they ever find that out two what do they see in its place and three would red be an ideal color for a bee suit if they can't see it? <laughs> but what why'd they go to the Cincinnati Reds game? <laughs> <laughs> Way to turn that back around. Um, so to answer your questions, Randy, uh, basically... They have done experiments before we actually had the technology where we could go in and dissect them down and mm -hmm. actually look at the rods and the retina and see what color receptors they had in there. They would do experiments where they would take honey and they would place the honey on top of colored squares. And then they would leave it there for two or three days and let the bees get used to the fact that this colored square means food. Mm -hmm. And then they would take that colored square and they would move it and they wouldn't put any honey out there for them. Mm -hmm. And they would watch and see what the bees would do. Well, the bees were already trained that if I come to this location, there's honey. They would come to the location, and no matter where they put that specific colored card, they would find that card, and that's wow. the card they would land okay. on. So that's how they started that experiment. And then later they go through, and when they try that with the color red, well, it kind of gets a little confusing. The bees will land on red, and they'll also land on black. <laughs> and so then they're on multiple cards instead of the one. And then, you know, fast forward through technology and science, we're actually able to find now they do not see hardly anything in the red spectrum or the infrared spectrum at all. To them, red is a void. It's black. And okay. we've discussed before that black is a bear. If you're a big black thing, you're probably a big thing that's going to try to tear apart our colony yeah, and, and, and eat, eat them. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's more of an aggressive color for them. In the flower spectrum, you'll have flowers that'll have black on them, and the mm -hmm. bees will still go to them. And they have you have a lot of red flowers, and the bees will go to those as well. But that's mm -hmm. because even though they don't see in that infrared spectrum, they do see in the ultraviolet spectrum. So they can see wavelengths and colors that we can't see, and they'll land on a flower because that flower to us, it's just you know a black center and red petals like a poppy. 
Right. But to them, it'll be glowing in a different color because of that ultraviolet spectrum. And it tells them if there's nectar there, um, if it's been depleted recently or visited by another bee. Like, there's all this information they can gain from that. So that's that's really fina- like fascinating how they do that. But the, the meaning of that then is that is what they see. So they don't see red, they see black. So that's answer to number one. Number two... Um, how do they find it out? Well, that's how they found it out, going through and doing these experiments. Number three, uh, no. A bread bee suit would be the equivalent of a giant black monster, and that means the bees are going to Yeah, come they're going to come all over you. They're yes. going to get all over you. Now, here's something that uh, I think you've noticed we've talked about. If you, Your entire bee suit is white because no. the white is the most calming and pleasing mm-hmm. color to the bees. They like your face. Exactly. And what color is that? Black. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you have a white veil, you can't, we cannot see through it as well. It kind of makes it bright and distorted, but a black veil makes it very easy for us to look past it and see what's outside of it. Right. But coincidentally, it's black. It's so black. if the bees black. go somewhere, they mm-hmm. go straight to the veil. So if you were red or a black suit, that's where they're going to be. They're just going to be all over you. It's uh, it's not going to be a pretty thing at all. So there is your answers for a couple of little listener questions. And again, if you guys ever have any questions, if you want to shoot us a shout out, anything like that, you can send us an email to info at thehivejive.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Hive Jive. And obviously, you're listening to us on your podcasts, and that, you know, it's whatever your favorite podcast app you've got. The Hive Jive Beekeeping Podcast is where we are. If you have not already done so, please go through and like, um, rate us, subscribe to it if you haven't already subscribed. That way, you know every time a new episode comes out. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank y'all, and y'all be good. (laughs) Be good. Be good. (laughs) Thank y'all. Been another episode of The Hive Jive.